Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hello, world. Welcome to the 401st edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business Channel and broadcasting this week in our ninth year from Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, California. This is a huge week in the US with the 4th of July long weekend. There's about 49 million people travelling this week, 41 million of them by car and the other 8 million on planes, trains and buses. And most people either take off tonight or Wednesday morning and they come back on Sunday. So it is murder on the road. And if you want to catch an aeroplane out of LAX, it can take you three hours to get into the airport and through the security to get onto a plane. And if you're driving, it can take up to seven hours to get back to LA from Vegas or San Diego by car. And you're talking about a couple of hundred miles and it can take you seven hours on Sunday. It is a nightmare on the road. So for all of you listening in the US, please travel carefully. And people flood into LA this week to go to Disneyland, Universal Studios, Hollywood Bowl, the Greek Theatre, and of course all of the fabulous beaches in California. So all in all, it can be a great week to stay home. Now, I just heard something really funny. The uh, Rolling Stones American Tour, which starts, or started about a week ago, it's being sponsored by a retirement plan. (laughs) All All the guys are between 75 and 80. But it takes, um, it takes a re- retirement plan to get them out on the road again. Now, with so many people traveling and staying in Airbnbs and hotels, it's probably a great time to give you a warning about using unknown Wi-Fi. A couple of weeks ago, I told you never to use a smartphone and laptop chargers in airports. And since I talked about it a month or so ago, I've seen it on television, I've seen it everywhere, because if you use those free Wi-Fi units, there's a good chance that they will hack you. But now I have another warning, never use the Wi-Fi in your Airbnb. And don't take my word for it, Jason Glassberg, an ethical hacker and co-founder at Kasaba Security, says exactly that, never use the Wi-Fi in your Airbnb. Now, staying at a stranger's house means you inevitably make yourself vulnerable to risks. There's all sorts of scams, hidden hidden cameras. I think one of the newspapers today had a big story about hidden cameras, an Airbnb that had cameras right through the whole place. And uh, it can be hard to let your guard down while renting an Airbnb, you know, 
and you shouldn't, even if everything seems to check out. That's because there could well be another danger lurking in your rental that's harder to, harder to detect. The Wi-Fi. You probably know to use caution or preferably don't use public Wi-Fi networks such as those at your local coffee shop or the airport. You probably know don't use those. Now, even when a password is required to access the network, you're still at risk of a number of different kinds of attack. Now, a common one is called the evil twin attack. It um, involves setting up a fraudulent Wi-Fi access point that looks legitimate. So users enter their credentials to log on or they're directed to a malicious site that looks like the one that they're intending to visit, but it's actually secretly capturing all of your information. There's another one called man in the middle. And this allows hackers to essentially eavesdrop on your web traffic and gain access to sensitive information the users believe is being shared privately. Someone can easily set up the very same infrastructure in the rental property. It doesn't take a dodgy host for this to happen. You know, you'd think, oh, the, the host's got to be dodgy. But um, no, it could be a past guest who's come in and compromised the Wi-Fi. And unlike your figures often left in a common space with no supervision, which allows anyone who stays there to tamper with it. Hacking a Wi-Fi router, it can be as easy as using a paper clip to reset it. And they can easily gain admin control over it easily. From there, scammers can review the router's backup file for the credentials it's got stored, or it can reroute traffic to a personal computer where they just make valuable data. It's later, or even years later. The Wi-Fi router isn't the only way hackers can steal your data. There are a variety of obstacles and devices, often found in an Airbnb, that can appear to be added convenience, but it's really not. For instance, some hosts may leave a tablet or a desktop available to guests so they can check emails or catch up on Facebook. For instance, don't use them or do so at your own peril. It could be that there's a smart TV that allows you to log on to your favourite streaming service. All of these devices can be used to harvest user credentials with a simple key login. Now, one of the big problems is password reuse. People use the same password for their Amazon account and their Gmail and their Netflix and everything. The thing to remember is that these smart TVs, they're really just computers stuck in the back of a television set. They can easily have things like video cameras and they have online conveniences like Netflix. So by capturing one set of credentials, the hackers can now hack you probably one or two or more other places. Even an item as innocuous as a shared printer. printer to view documents that have been sent to it or even install malware 
that lets them control it remotely. Unfortunately, opting for a regular hotel won't eliminate the risk. Hotels present an even much wider net for hackers to collect information because there are a lot more guests. Payoffs also potentially higher because more guests mean more people entering credit cards for more things. So there are a few easy things you can do to protect your sensitive information while using Wi-Fi. First, keep your devices and computer up to date with the latest patches and software. Now, that's the most important thing. So whether you're logging into your own network or somebody else's, if you must use the Wi-Fi, consider going through a VPN. Another option is to use your phone as a hotspot, which creates a secure Wi-Fi network you can log into with your laptop or any other device. Avoid visiting sensitive websites or performing financial transactions on an unknown network. For example, you're probably fine checking the news, but don't log into your bank account or or PayPal or even a friend. At the end of the day, any infrastructure that's not your own should be treated with a great deal of suspicion. Now, do you get my daily 30-second read business newsletter? We now have about 1.7 million daily subscribers. It takes 30 seconds every day to tackle a different subject and cover just that everything. And uh, tomorrow's newsletter is about um, a new million-dollar robot, and that's the future of fruit picking. Is there anything that that these robots can't do? Each robot will be able to pick more than 25,000 raspberries a day, greatly outpacing human workers, and they can work 24 hours a day. They don't get any holidays. They don't get sick. They're always working. Not only that, they seed, feed, weed, and monitor field crops, giving them the perfect level nutrients and support, and that cuts chemical and emissions by up to 95%. These robots can see every blade of emerging wheat, bumblebee nest, wormhole. They can see everything. They then analyse this data to determine what remedial action is required. So you want an update on everything that's happening in the world of AI and robotics? Read my newsletter tomorrow. Just very quickly before I finish up, An interesting study of Gen Z and millennials shows that 75% want to be YouTubers, singers, or celebrities, 75%. 12% want to be a TV host, 12% want to be athletes, and only 6% want to be a lawyer. It's about to burst your bubble. In order to make the US minimum wage, which is $15,000 a year, you have to get 2.2 million streams on YouTube on YouTube, and that's just to get 15 grand. So if you want to spend the rest of your life living with your parents, you being a YouTuber or a pop star, that well, that's definitely for you, but be prepared. Today's interview was with Paul Faust, the president of Ringboost. So how many times have you seen a phone number like 1-800-DENTIST or 1-800-FLOWERS and think, boy, I would love to have a phone number like that? I know the people that own both of these numbers and both dominate their industry. Ringboost 
is the nation's largest marketplace for custom telephone numbers, and Paul is the industry's leading spokesperson. So this is Bob Pritchard, and I'll be back with Paul in just a moment. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking Radio Show. Over the last nine years, we've given you an insight into the lives of somewhere over 400 of the world's most interesting business people. We've talked about the initiatives that they have. We uh, try to, we talk about the services they provide, the challenges they may have faced. The latest figures that I saw from Silicon Valley was that 99% of all startup businesses now fail, which is a pretty tragic number. And uh, so it's important to talk to successful entrepreneurs and find out what it is that makes them tick. What is it that makes them different? What is it that makes them work? when other people's businesses don't. So how many times have you seen a phone number like 1-800-DENTIST or 1-800-FLOWERS and think, boy, I wish I had a phone number a bit like that. Now, I know the people that own both of those companies and both absolutely dominate their industry. So there's obviously something to it. Ringboost is the nation's largest marketplace for custom telephone numbers, including local, toll-free and shared use. They've been in business for 14 years and they specialise in the sale and licensing of vanity, easy dial and tracking phone numbers that increase marketing response rates and improve customer loyalty. And this is so much easier to remember. I mean, how can you remember a number like Six seven eight three two nine five four or something. I can't. Um, now, Ringboost has been named four times in the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies. The company maintains an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and one campaign of the year at the 2018 Toll-Free Industry Awards. Ringboost has been featured in NPR, Marketplace, Rainmaker Institute, the New York Times, Forbes, New York Post, a whole bunch of them. In fact, almost everywhere. Now, my guest today, Paul Faust, 
is the president of Ringboost. He's a recognised industry leader. He organised the first conference for phone number providers in 2010. He's a featured speaker at many telecom conferences, most recently the Somos Toll-Free User Summit in October 2018. Paul is active in the legal marketing industry and was inducted to the hmm, PILMA, is that how you say it? That is correct. <laughs> Hall of Fame in 2017. He's been featured in Entrepreneur blogs and podcasts that are too numerous to go through here. And Paul had a guest appearance on the TV show The Office as Cool Guy Paul. He is a pretty cool guy. He's pretty relaxed. A, a role that he inspired. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. You're being heard right around the world. Hi, Bob. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, it's an honor to be on the show. Thank you. Um, I'm spending most of my day on the internet and I'm increasingly shopping online. Why are phone calls important to me? Uh, well, I, it's a great question. And, and let me start off by saying I believe the internet is very important and all the technology tools we have at our disposal are very important. But it's not important um, at the expense of the phone call. The phone call is still, and in my belief, will always be the number one way to connect and build relationships with your clients and also personal relationships. There is nothing that will, in my mind, uh, replace um, intonation, emotion, immediacy um, uh, than a phone call. I think that it's just a unique tool and one that needs to be employed uh, by all businesses because of its uniqueness, because of, um, I mean, there's so many factors. The fact that I could speak hundreds of words a minute um, and have intonation and emotion and, and move on a dime versus typing on a small screen where maybe I could type 20, 30 words. Um, so I think that as a transactional piece, if you're looking in the world of just transaction and that's all you want to do, um, the internet's a fine tool. Um, but when you want to really grow relationships, connect with people on a deeper level, a deeper level and build long-term clients, long-term fans, long-term advocates, there's just nothing like voice. Um, and, and I also believe that, um, Voice is what makes me unique. You know, anyone can start a business, anyone can start uh, a company, and reality is these technologies have leveled the playing field a lot. You know, anyone could have a anyone could have that chatbot. Anyone could do SEO and pay per click. But the one thing that technology cannot democratize is Paul Faust uh, yeah. and and my people. You. I am the only me. So you get that when you talk to me, when you hear my voice, when you hear my passion, when you meet me in person, not when you get an email from me. So while all those technologies are really important and I and we use them all and I believe in all of them and people need to invest in them, it shouldn't be at the expense of voice. It's just another um, weapon in the arsenal. I totally agree with you. The, um, the f When you look at the numbers, um, when you phone somebody and you get press one for this and press two for that and press one and, you know, they go through all those, you know, continually pressing buttons. People drop off at about the third button push and you never get those people back. They are gone. But if you get a, um, a receptionist who's got a 
They've got a great personality who makes you feel welcome and says, hi, how are you? Cheers, you're up from your miserable day of typing on the internet. <laughs> it does lift you and it does develop that relationship. You're right. So, but the, the, there's even situations where I want to transact on the internet. I just want to click and buy, but I personally won't purchase from a company unless I know I can reach them if I need to. I want to know there's a phone number I can call should I need to reach them to ask about a shipping or a problem with the product. So again, it's it's one of those, it's, it's not a utility like the carpet and the light switch. Yeah. It is something that can't be an afterthought. And so many companies now, I notice it all the time, that so many companies on their websites no longer have phone numbers. If you want to get in touch with them, you've got to type in this stupid little box and uh, maybe somebody will type back to you. And it would if you're be lucky. much easier, much quicker, and you'd be able to get your message across a hell of a lot easier if you could say, hi, Mary, this is my problem, and we just explain it to you. And then if they've got questions they can ask, it's a much, much, much better way to do business. Um, why, why do you think that um, – business owners have been placing so much less emphasis on phone calls in recent years? Look, I think some of it um, has been a reflection of the increase in technology. There was a time when the only way you could communicate with the business was either walk into the business, yeah. call them, or maybe write them a letter. Yeah. Um, so with an advent of technology, where we now had websites and email and chatbots and QR codes and apps, there became a lot of other ways to communicate. And I think some of them became um, upfront, cheaper to employ and deploy. Um, you could do it very rapidly. And so I think people started looking at all those options in, in where can I cut some immediate cost? Well, if I just throw, if I get rid of these people in this call center, I could just use this bot or this you know, email string to communicate. So I think business owners started to play with the new technologies. Um, the technology's got a lot of press, obviously, a lot of media, uh, and people got enamored by it. So everybody started sort of just going along, you know, with the pack and saying, okay, well, I'll do it too. Um, and I think that that was, you know, at the expense of phone calls. So I think that, you know, business owners made a mistake in that they, they looked at it and said, hey, this is a replacement for phone calls as opposed to this is an addition. This is another way to let people in the door uh, to give them a, a way to communicate with me. So I think that they, for a time, put less emphasis on those phone calls, but I think we're seeing a swing back. Oh, you think we are? You know, I, in my mind, firing or replacing a phone receptionist could be the most expensive mistake you ever make in a business. Because, I, I, go ahead. Because they're really your your front line to the to the marketplace, and uh, they can either make you business or cost you business. And if you don't have one, <laughs> not, certainly not going to make you any business. I think it's a great differentiator, in, in, in which is why companies want to hire great people. It's hard to tell great people when you're just texting back and forth or DMing back and forth or chatting back and forth. Um, you know, while it might seem uh, mistakenly to a business owner that, well, it's much cheaper not to do it, it might be as a line item today. But if you're looking at the lifetime value of a customer, if you're looking at the lifetime value of their referrals, of their mentions of you on social media, on their belief in your brand, 
you're going to get that when I get to know you and you talk to me, you know, you hear me, we, we can go back and forth, I can answer questions, I can listen to hear what your real objections are. I could also, you know, I'm not going to spend the time on a chat or uh, an email string or something, just talking to you about your day, the weather, your kids, your weekend plans, because that's a lot to type. So yep. typically in those other environments, it's very sort of transactional based where when we're on a call, we can, you know, kind of shoot the breeze a little bit. We can, you know, kind of get off the business stuff. It's just two humans connecting. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a second ago that you you think that's changing. You think people are going back to phones. Why do you think that? I mean, it's the market's pretty tight out there. I mean, we, we hear every day how great the economy is going. But most people that I speak to, are, you know, they're still finding it tough. They're still, you know, having to watch every penny to pay the bills. So it's not uh, ease of, uh, you know, loosening up of money that's getting them to um, go back to the phones. What is it? Uh, no, I, I think that companies recognized the frustration of uh, of their clients and potential clients trying to email in, trying to you know get online and communicate, trying to wait, f- you know, getting on a on a chat and realizing that it's not a human, it's a bot trying to answer predetermined questions. You know, we even saw a whole series of commercials that came out a couple of years ago where they were actually making fun of the the companies that had phone jails and voicemail boxes, and they said no. We're live. You call us and we answer because I think they recognize the frustration of some customers um, and that it was a limiting thought that they thought it was a good bet. And as a line item, it might have been, but it was affecting their long term relationships with their clients. So I think that they started looking at the bigger picture, um, at the longer scope. Um, But again, I'm not advocating, have never advocated that, you, you know, you, everything should be done in voice. you got to call for everything. There is a time and a place to email me like we did to set up this appointment. There's a time and a place where I could jump on Facebook or another DM program and just communicate quickly with someone. But there is a time and a place where if I want to, hey, hey, Bob, I think I know you. You and I met before at a metal event. Like, I just want to call and talk and maybe, oh, yeah, you know that guy. And yeah. there's, just, there's just nothing that will ever replace it. I think, you know. You actually made a point, uh, I, was, I was on your site, that, look, as potential consumers, we are bombarded with ad messages every day, yep. right? There's only so many you break, it's, you know, right? and, and you say, one estimate, that we're going to be seeing over 2,000 times more every day. So yep. one way to cut through the clutter is just to get on the phone with your clients. Yeah, I, I agree. So uh, apart from building that personal relationship, is, are there any other advantages um, or disadvantages of voice calls? Versus um, email and online chat? I, I think that there's a few. Um, one is certainly speed. Um, I could, yep. You and I can get a lot more accomplished having a conversation. The amount of words that I can say, the amount of information you can process uh, in a voice call is infinitely more than typing, especially as we go to these you know, screen smaller phones. There's only so much you can type in those little boxes when you quickly. Got big <laughs> you got big fingers. You're not a great – I mean I don't type well. You know, how many words and then I got to put in you know, LOL and all these acronyms. I can't have a real conversation. Unfortunately, right now they don't have it – have a uh, – sarcasm font. So I could say the wrong thing to the wrong person. So I think the benefits of voice are, um, again, emotion, um, speed, content. I also, I find that voice, if I listen, if I'm a good listener, I can really hear things and probe a little more that maybe what you're saying isn't exactly what you were saying. It's kind of harder to do that in email or a text. Like, 
I want to be clear on that. Like you can do it. It might take five minutes versus me saying, hey, Bob, I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Or, Bob, is everything okay? I, I you know, I, I feel like, you know, something's going on and I can really uncover things. Um, I think one of the perceived disadvantages, um, which I, I use to my advantage, is that voice is immediate. Voice is real. Yep. You can't hide. You know, I get a message with an email or a chat. I don't like what the person's saying or it's or it's getting me on the defensive or maybe it's a challenge. I could sort of pause and hide from it, answer when I'm ready. Maybe I forward it to um, Ellen and say, oh, uh, why don't you handle this? Uh, you know, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> Voice is real. Voice is now. I can't. I, you call me and get me on the phone and say, hey, Paul, I mean, I, I can say to you, oh, I got to go and hang up. That's really tough. I got to sort of take it. I've got to be present. I've got to answer. So to me, some people are afraid of that. They're not, it's out of their comfort zone. For me, I love it because it puts yeah. both sides into a real, uh, open, honest, you know, and we can work through things and open, and open communication. Yep. And from a cost, when you think from a cost point of view, um, what happens now? And I know, and I'm guilty of this. You'll send somebody an email and asking them a question, and then they'll get it in two hours time, and they'll email you back, and they've got um, a question for you. And it takes you 24 hours to get an answer to something that you could have sorted out in 30 seconds on the phone. Um, and so you've wasted all that time. And you're right; you don't get the full picture. How often? Do, I'm one of those people who, um, if somebody really cheeses me off, you know, I'm, I'm good at writing those fuck you letters. I'm really <laughs> good at it. And <laughs> so I, I now have people that go through my emails before I send them. Um, but, and it's usually because you've misinterpreted something. You've, you know, often when you type, and particularly with, um, Autocorrect. I mean, you get the most idiotic bloody emails because the uh, or texts because the computer or the phone decides that you know you didn't really mean that word. You meant this other weird word. <laughs> I, I've typed many of those letters. I type them because I have to get it out of my system, and then I don't always send them. But the reason people do that is because it's really easy for me to attack you or 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 send a nasty letter yeah. to you. Yeah. One one way. It's really much more difficult for me to call you and say, hey, Bob, you got a minute? You know, it's people aren't comfortable with confrontation. Um, so they're like, oh, I'll just text. I'll just do this. But that leads to often unresolved issues, a, a, a much more, uh, you know, elephants in the room versus Bob. Let's just talk it out. Maybe, you know, maybe it's like the old days. You yeah. and I had a problem, Bob. We would go outside. We would punch each other in the face for like five minutes. And then we would probably go out and have a drink after, you know, after work or whatever. But yeah. you just resolve it. But people are afraid of that immediacy. They're afraid of that, you know, being vulnerable. They and hide behind their computer. You hide behind your, you know, your, your words and your texts. And y'all, I didn't mean that. You know, I lost a customer once, a long-term relationship over a misinterpretation yeah. culturally of what I said that would have just never would have happened. Or if some, I was going, wait, 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 wait a minute. Are you, no, no, no. I'm sorry. You took it that way. So I think that we, you know, that we have generations coming up that are not being taught how to communicate face to face, how to communicate um, with their voice. Yeah, um, and 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 it's and it's hurting businesses, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, I can understand people who 
possibly get rid of a, a receptionist because labour, I think, is increasingly a business owner's greatest expense. And uh, that's why there's been such a fill-up in um, automation and, and um, AI. So it's it's endorsing a, a labour-heavy practice, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And that, but it's actually counterintuitive. I believe so. I don't think, you know, I don't think labor is my, you know, my greatest expense. My greatest expense is not having clients, you know, and not doing business. <laughs> so, um, you know, when, when I look at the line item and say, okay, I need to hire a human being that can answer a phone. Okay, that means I have to have a desk, probably a computer, probably a phone, right? Wow, that that's more expensive than I just, you know, pay for this bot at $15 a month. Yeah. That's a, on a line item, you're right. But I can guarantee you that bot or that chat message that you're using is not going to get the killer review on, on on Google or Facebook for the relationship and the way they handled a client. That bot or that piece of technology isn't going to get two, three, four referrals. That bot, that email is not going to get a group of holiday gifts or an invite to someone's wedding who's just a client from across the country that you've never met. Yeah. Voice is going to do that. And so when I look at the Lifetime value of my clients, as I said before, the relationships, the invitations to speak, the connections I've made, the lifelong friends, the other businesses that I've gotten into because I've had conversations with people, the fact that I have to employ some people um, and have that upfront cost is exponentially better than the bot that just does its bare minimum job. And nothing is, you know, to me, nothing's going to replace it. Look, the bot that you use to, or the or the chat software, the email, it's good for that one thing. Keep in mind, when I have labor that that can answer a phone call and have a communication, it's not just sitting there waiting to have a phone call. In the interim, it is also replying to emails. It is also sure. doing research. It is also, you know, doing uh, social media posting. It could do a lot of things besides just sit there for the phone call. Sure. So. Um, there's a lot more to it, but again, on, on a lot, if I look at the line item, okay, it seems expensive. It's, it's. I was just sort of reflecting on the old days when we used to do all, you know, pre-computers and all the things we have now. When, if we were going to wanted to do business with, if I was wanting to do business with you, I would research you first. I'd find out what sports teams you um, you supported. I'd find out. You know what? Whether you like going to the theater or whether you like Thai food or whatever, and I'd start off my phone call with, God, I'm really watching you guys play Chelsea yesterday, going down four-one. I mean, that was <laughs> nearly broke my heart. And now you're off to a great start. You know, you're sharing, you're sharing something, and you get into the cell. Um, where if you just send somebody an email, uh, it just doesn't have the same authenticity or power or anything. I could not agree with you more. Just, you know, if I didn't know you and this was just scheduled and I didn't, you know, I took the time to listen to a bunch of podcasts and I, cause I said, I think I know that guy. I might've met him once or twice, yeah. but then now when you call me and I'm like, all right, that's an Australian accent. Well, I could start this conversation with, you know, I spent, I spent a month in Australia. It was one of my favorite countries. I was there in, you know, in the rocks yeah. for New Year's. I went up to Hayman Island and, you know, Alice Springs and, and now we're not doing. We're not two people doing business. We're two human beings connecting. Yeah. As I've always, as I've always said, all things being equal, people do business with business with people they like. That's all true. things being unequal, 
people still do business with people they like. And if you and I could talk and connect on a human level and get to know each other and, you know, uh, really, you know, bond, it's almost like when I have phone calls with clients, it's kind of funny. I have a lot of clients when we speak. I start talking about everything else under the sun. Yeah. It's almost like we have to stop the conversation so they could buy what they actually called me to buy. You know, <laughs> we're busy talking about kids and travel and weekend plans and, and sports and, and and politics. And like, wait a minute. Okay, can I just buy this number from you? And I go, oh, yeah, we could do that too. Um, so so yeah. that's why I, I, that's why I'm just such a proponent of, of this type of con- communication as a tool. Yeah. Not as a replacement for also using email and texting and reminders and all the other stuff. What are some of the ways that businesses can drive more calls? Okay, ready. This is going to be very scientific. You ready? Yeah, I, mate. I'm always ready. Okay, here you go. Use your phone number. Okay, that's really scientific. I know I've got guys at Google who are working on the algorithms around that, and we might be. But feature your number when when you've got a website put the number there. When you have a business card, use the number. When you're sending out emails, put your number you know, on the bottom of your signature. Let people know. What are some ways that business owners can drive more calls? Let people know that they can call you. Let, feature it and tell them it's okay. When I, I, it frustrates me to no end when I see a, a van drive down, a service van, and it says Jim's Appliance, and it's got all this stuff on it. I can't find the phone number on it. Yeah. Do so you think I'm going to take picture of the van and then go look them up? So number one is Use your number, right? right? That's the first thing is you've got to deploy the asset. It doesn't work if you don't deploy it. The other one is as long as you're going to deploy it and have a phone number, which most people do, why not make it memorable? Why not tie it to your brand? Why not tie it to your tagline? Why not tie it to something um, about you or whatever? So when that van is going by at 30 miles an hour, if you're the van driver, if you're me, 60 miles an hour, yep. um, I don't have to remember you know, three one zero nine eight six. But I can remember three one zero two two two. Paul or five five five. Roof or we fight. So one way you could do it is use the number. But then if you're going to have the number and use it, make it memorable. Make it a word or a phrase or a pattern of digits. It's just easy because we're in this world of two thousand times more information every day that we're going to be receiving in a few years. Wow, how do I stand out? Yeah. Well, that's a problem now. How do you stand out? Um, I was talking to a lady the other day um, who was an interior designer and in England, and she just got a thing from the Queen, so she's obviously pretty good at it. Um, but um, there's, I think, 236,000 interior designers in England. How the hell do you stand out? <laughs> so phone I, number you know would have to be one good way to do it. It's, it's one tool to do it. Look, I, I, you know, you made a, a kind of inning that, you know, Jim McCann from 100 Flowers, great brand. So a lot of times, you know, I can tell people all these facts and stuff and I'll, I'll ask a group. I'm like, have, how many of you know 1-800 Flowers? And most hands will go up. Um, sure. And then I'll say, okay, where are you from? You're from Los Angeles. Just give me the number of any other florist. Just then, just throw out a bunch. Just give me a couple numbers and people laugh. That's when they get it. Yeah. Um, and most people can't even tell me the last time they saw a 1-800-Flowers ad. They just know the number. Or Fred Joyle, you know, 1-800-Dentist. Yeah. Um, it's just we're cluttered with information. We're bombarded with messages. Here's one simple way, easy to use, easy to deploy. You don't need to be a degree to expert. It doesn't take time for it to rank and algorithms don't change. You just simply deploy this tool 
however you're marketing, you don't have to be a big TV marketer, billboard marketer. It could just be a referral tool. Um, Somebody says, hey, uh, I'm looking for a a roofing company. I go, oh, you got to use my buddy Jim. Uh, Jim's roofing. What's his number? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Now people got to go online to look you up, and the odds are they're going to see everybody else who's also a great roofer. But if I just say call them at 914-282-ROOF, there's a better shot. They'll just dial it. Yeah. So it's really intuitive. It always amuses me when somebody says a plumber and he says, look me up in the yellow pages or in the old days in the yellow pages, now online. Every every bastard that's a competitor is right there sitting next to you. <laughs> sitting right next to you and might have an ad that entices them. Yeah, might exactly. say, you know, It might say, you know, if we're talking about, you know, a motorcycle lawyer, you know, and I want to call Bob Pritchard motorcycle lawyer, but I have to Google you. Um, yeah. I might, the first ad might be California's greatest motorcycle lawyer never lost a case. Yeah. Well, am I going to call that guy too? There's a yeah. good chance. Yep. So why, why drive them to where a competitor's advertising? You know, why, why not? Look, if they have to look you up on the web or if they find you on the web, great. You need to make sure you're there. But if they find you other ways, why do you want to drive them there to figure out how to reach you if they want to call you? It makes yeah. no sense to me. No, it doesn't. It's plain stupid. So I'm sitting out there and I've got a little business and I'm thinking, hmm, all that makes sense. What I need, I'll get myself a great phone number. How do I go about it? What do I have to do? Well, if you want a great phone, well, the first thing you need to do is go to ringboost.com. I mean, that's the first thing you should do or yep. call Paul um, and I'll give him my number out because, yep. as you know, I like people to call me. Um and I could, you know, I don't know if you want me to give out the number, but I can. Sure, sure. Um, 914-200-0013. That's my direct line. I happen to love the number 13, which is why I picked it, which goes in right to the question that you asked me. So you want to get a good number. How do you, what do you decide? Well, it really depends on, first of all, you. Um, if you're a real local business and you operate in, you know, in, in a local community, you probably want to start out thinking about a local number so people know that you're in that community. Um, now, that doesn't mean that you also can't have a great toll-free number. But now, if I'm a bigger business, if I operate nationally or in multiple states or markets, then maybe I'd look at, all, at a toll-free. But I always recommend bi- to business owners to have a, to- a good toll-free and a good local number. And then it ultimately comes down to what you like. Everybody's got an opinion. Right. So you should go with something that resonates with you. In some cases, it could be a word like a number that ends in roof, care, limo, pest, help, hurt. Right. It could be a word like that. Um, You might not like words. You might like just easy patterns like a number that ends in 1000 or 1010 or 1111. Or maybe it's your lucky number like I love 13. So my number is 200-0013. It could be a phrase that ties, like if your tagline in your marketing is, we fight for our, you know, if you're a lawyer, we fight for our clients, we fight for you, we've been fighting the insurance company, then maybe a number like 888-WE-FIGHT is great because it furthers your tagline. Yeah. So it doesn't always have to be the name of your company. It could be your tagline, your brand ethos, lucky digits, easy patterns. What it shouldn't be, and I see the mistake people make, is they they go with non-traditional abbreviations because they're trying to make a word up. And so they'll yeah. abbreviate a word the way it's not supposed to be abbreviated. Um, you know, that's those are mistakes. But um, it's really going, you know, look, I've had my phone number longer than I've been married. Like my phone number doesn't move. A lot of people have changed <laughs> web hosting and addresses and locations and all this. 
you know, your number's going to be with you a while, and it could be a feature part of your marketing. So take some time to go, you know what? That resonates with me. I like that. It works for me. And, and you know, there's lots of choice to choose from. And you know what? It's affordable in every single budget. There's only two reasons people have ever said to me that, you know, they don't want a phone number, right? Either one is they don't think it's going to do any better than random seven digits. Yep. And if that's how, if that's what they believe then I haven't done my job or they're just stupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's very> <laughs> um, I mean, look, I've said that to people, chose like either you, you recognize that an easy set of numbers um, is more memorable is going to work on a billboard or not. And then we could talk more if I haven't kind of educated or I haven't, you know, made the argument or I can't afford it. And the reality is, it's affordable in every budget. We have numbers that are a hundred dollars. Now right. they can go up to, to thousands of dollars, but it works in every budget, and it could be deployed immediately. Terrific, Paul. We're just about out of time, so thank you very much for speaking with me on the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now to contact Paul, you go to ringboost.com. That's the name of the company. Ringboost.com. You can call them on. One eight seven seven ring boost, or you can have a chat to Paul direct on nine one four two zero 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 one three. That's nine one four two zero 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 one three, and I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show on Voice America Business after this short break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the 401st Bob Pritchard, Straight Talking, absolutely no bullshit business radio show. Voice America Business Network being broadcast today across the world from our studios on Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood in Los Angeles. On this 4th of July week, we should celebrate the good things that people do. We should all do what we can to pay it forward and help somebody who's doing it tough at the moment. It's a fantastic idea that I've just heard about, and I love it, so I'm going to tell you about it. Now, while we see a hell of a lot of people on the street, and they seemingly increase every day, there are also a hell of a lot that we don't see. These are the so-called lucky ones that have a car to sleep in or a friend's couch they can sleep on. Many of these people are women that have young children, Many of their kids go to school like everyone else and you'd never realise they live in a car or they're homeless. I've seen figures that suggest that only as few as 4% of homeless are actually visibly homeless. And if that's the case, the homeless figures would really be frightening. The figures show that there are actually 554,000 people living on the streets in the United States every night. And if the 4% figure is even close to correct, that would equate to some 14 million people in America that are actually homeless. And this idea is from a cafe called Cafe, K-A-F-E, which is kind of cute. 
And when people buy their coffee or their other beverage in a sandwich or a muffin, they can pay for an extra drink or meal and they print out the docket to pass on to someone who's in need of a food or drink. The customer then pins the paid docket on the display board on the wall of the restaurant. Someone who's in need simply picks a food or drink docket from the wall and presents it to the restaurant staff instead of money. That's pretty cool. So the wall's got a whole bunch of donated food and and drinks and somebody goes over and picks what they would like. Certainly is a hell of a lot better than sitting out in the pavement with their hand out. So this is an honesty system and I guess karma will be involved if it's mistreated. (laughs) The great news is that the system's never been abused and literally thousands of people have been assisted. So when you think that some people just need a time out from their difficult life to feel normal for a while, and the cafe and their fabulous customers help to provide this, they've already had some amazingly generous food and coffee donations from their regular customers and from local businesses. And so... Local homeless people know that they can come in, select what they want off the wall, take the docket over and present it, and be given the food. So I think that's an absolutely fantastic idea, and we all should try at this time to pay it forward. I remember when I was living in Sydney, we went through a a, um, a time when people used to, the Sydney Harbour Bridge has a bridge toll and uh, we used to cr- drive across the bridge and pay for the person behind us. Or you'd go into a coffee shop and pay for the next person, pay their bill. And uh, it's a great way to help people. So I hope that you have a fantastic 4th of July live large, but try and help people. I also saw another fantastic story the other day. There were nine girls in a running race. They all lined up for the start and the gun went off and the nine girls started sprinting down the track And after about 20 yards, one girl fell and grazed her knees and hurt her elbow and really hurt herself. So she's sitting on the track and she began to cry. So what did the other eight girls do? The other eight girls stopped and turned around and ran back to the girl lying on the track to see if they could help. This is the great bit. They helped her up. They all linked arms with the injured girl and they walked across the finish line together. The crowd went nuts. I mean, what a fantastic thing to do. And this is an absolutely true story and it happened 
in Hyderabad, which is in India. The other interesting thing is that all the girls were mentally challenged and yet they all stopped and helped the girl that was in trouble. That should teach us a very valuable lesson. I mean, it won't because we're all selfish bastards. But we really should think about it. This is um, 4th of July, is about giving thanks. And we should give thanks for everything that we have. And we should try to help others if we can. And even the smallest of gestures can make a hell of a big difference to someone. Now, remember, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. It's easier and it's more rewarding to do the impossible than it is to do the ordinary. Anybody can do the ordinary. The ordinary is easy. If you're always trying to be normal, well, you're always going to be as boring as batshit. You'll never know just how amazing you can be. So thank you for joining me today. Have a phenomenal 4th of July, and I'll see you next Tuesday. Have a great week. Continue to be successful because the alternative really sucks. This is Bob Pritchard. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.